For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Miss me with that fumble. You ain't really proud, you an old man. We be coming back with a vengeance. I scored 34 straight and then I freaked it. I scored 34 straight and then I freaked it. I gave Giselle some flowers for the weekend. Tom, what can you say about Joe Burrow seeing him on the sidelines and the way he was able to rally back in that second half for his team? Yeah, he's a, he's a, good, he's a really good quarterback. All right, thanks, guys. And it's like that Brady Bunch number one Bengals podcast. You know exactly who is us. Shoot the cannons, fade us out. You know we never shut in up. Daddy yo, Hoji Bridget, run our fade. Y'all's goat really gave that game away. Yeah, 10 and 4 and rolling. We ain't stopping till we super bowling. Well, wow, John, that was inspiring. I mean, Honestly, one of my favorites. Honestly, it was. It was Every week, really I want to say this is the best one yet. I mean, that was That's good. I love that song. That was good. It was very good. It had a lot of heart, a lot of attitude. And I, I mean, could you imagine and, us? And the king's dead. The king's dead. The king is dead. I mean, could you imagine us showing off, showing off? After you know, we beat Brady in 2013, and it was just like it felt so lucky and everything. With right this time, we're like, you know, that's it. We we've knocked you off the block. It's our time. I, I cannot. It's it's hard to just fathom, you know, what this Bengals team is. That's a good team, actually. I think it's pretty easy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, after last season, it doesn't feel that hard to fathom. I mean, we worked really hard in the off season to bring in the right personnel to get better like i it's funny because if you would have looked like if you go back and listen to preseason episode like i predicted a 13 and 4 record i remember that i think i predicted a divisional win i think john you may have put us at number 2 in the division i can't recall exactly can't confirm nor deny but that, like when we were talking about our record, what was going to be possible, people thought this team was going to do it. And then two weeks happened and everyone's like, eh, Super Bowl hangover. No, this is what we all thought was going to happen. We didn't predict a QB with an appendectomy. He had to get better. We didn't predict what it takes for an O-line to gel. So that's my long form answer, Daddy. This is exactly who we thought we could be. Yeah, what I mean is, what I mean is, yes, we're a very good team and we're capable of winning every game. But what I mean is, the the let's say the pride, the, the let's say the confidence, the bragging. I, I could never imagine as we always. It always felt like when we won big games, it was like, wow, how do we do that? And now it's just like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like we're not afraid of. I remember when was it? Uh, was it last year? Was it was it Tyler Boyd after the Steelers game? 
And he was like, yeah, you know, they didn't try so hard with it. He wasn't afraid of some sort of revenge from the Steelers. It's just like, yeah, we'll beat you. We'll beat you again. Whatever. You know? So, welcome to the One Bengals podcast, by the way. This is the podcast about the Cincinnati Bengals. And I am obviously in, on, you know, I'm not home. I'm in California, obviously getting treatment from a very long season. And uh, getting myself looking right. And that is why you don't see my face right now. And Hoji actually had a little bit... Um, some some bad side effects from some, let's say, new age kind of facelift, and that is why you don't see him at all. Considering but, we don't see you, I mean, those side effects can't be great for you either, or am I just reading that? Well, it's actually the the camera; it can't capture the uh, my my mustache has gotten out of control, and the the camera can't pick up the pixels of all. We the, just the got beer world on me. Like, did did you not use it, or did you use too much? Like, well, what's going on? Yeah, really, John, I think we should move on to the game. Well, and that, John, as much as I think everyone wants to know what's going on with Daddy-O, from an HR perspective, he doesn't have to disclose any of his Thank treatments. You. Oh, now you flex. Finally on my <laughs> Finally. I'm just hoping I get my HR appreciation day before the season's over. Yeah, well, you should. There is so much time left this year, so much time. Unfortunately, we run into a lot of federal holidays, which could complicate things, unfortunately. But look, John, I want to talk about this game, okay? And let's just start with the positives. So the positives are Cincinnati Bengals, they had another tipped pass early on, which I feel like threw them out of rhythm. It threw the offense a little bit out of rhythm. The offensive line was had a bad day, right? The offensive line was not in sync and the running game was not what it was in recent weeks. And the offense was bad in the first half until that very last drive. They really weren't moving the ball very well. And uh, the defense was hanging in there. But then, John, you know, we lose, we lost Sam Hubbard. We already had lost Trey Hendrickson. And the defense was just like, okay, well, first of all, they shut down Mike, Mike Evans. But then they were also like, okay, well, we're down, guys. We don't have quite the pass rush. We don't have quite the corners. Let's just be aggressive. Let's punch the ball out of their hands. Let's take the ball away from them. And I don't know what kind of a strategy that is, John. I don't know what Lou and Ruma, like, I would say that's a great strategy. Let's always get the ball from them. But how, what was he actually doing? How was that happening? Uh, I think it was just Brady just fumbling the game away, to be honest with you, because... Like th- this isn't anything new that the Bengals have been doing. Like they are a second half defense more than just a second half team. Specifically, they really buckled down towards later parts of the game, and there were plenty of instances where they were doing some different things defensively. Like the interception that Trey Flowers got, that was a very clever call that Lou Anarumo had. He was showing a cover zero type blitz, and then he dropped back eight, and in the post snap, it forced Brady. It was actually really cool. It forced him to hold the ball for like a split second longer than he probably should have. And you saw his tight end find the soft spot of this defense between the flat defender, Trey Flowers, and the and the curl defender in Von Bell. And holding the ball for that split second longer, it allowed Trey Flowers to make the break on the ball and eventually make the interception. And then this the first strip sack, the first fumble that Brady had, that was just a simple twist that Logan Wilson has ran in the past out of that linebacker spot. And he just looped around DG Reader and they both met him at the same time. The fact that they all these plays just happened. John, John, but then. also Osai got there, right? 
That was the second one. That was. Oh, that was the second one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll I'll go again. So yeah, Wilson <laughs> just loops around, and then you know you have Reader meeting him at the same time and getting the ball. It was I've never seen. It was like an avalanche, to be honest with you. It was just at some point you have to figure that the Bucks are going to settle down and just find their footing and respond, but it just never happened. The fact that it was that game against that quarterback, he's usually the one conducting the, the travesty upon the, the other team. And the fact that it was just reversed, it was just unbelievable. I can't, I can't, I, can't, I still can't describe it. It was the great, it was the craziest quarter that I've ever witnessed watching a football game. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bridget, I feel like you, well, it's what? just interesting to see. So when we got that um, tipped, or when the the Bucks got that tipped interception, I mean, my heart sank because I said, "Oh my God, this is going to be like what was it, Week Eight against the Browns, week whatever week that was." Because I I often feel like when we have something unfortunate happen in the first possession of the game, first drive of the game, that it really shifts our momentum. And I wanted to see if I could find stats, and then I didn't look very hard, or at all, on what our win percentage was when the opposing team's defense had a takeaway on our first possession. Because I feel like the momentum or the pendulum so often swings the other way, and we're constantly trying to overcome it. And then like that one Browns game, it was too much. But what we got to see is what happens when it, the pendulum swings back the other way. I mean, I I was nervous as hell for the Bucks to get the ball first in the second half. And we were able to kind of put our feet on their necks early on. And I think they they got to see who was coming out. And it was just such an interesting momentum shift and one that I feel like usually, usually we're on the other side of in a case like that. And that's kind of led me to believe that this really is a team that's something different it's different from last year, and it's definitely different from the last, you know, five, six years that we've seen with the Bengals football team. To your yeah. credit, Bridget, hold on, Daddy. To your credit, like, they've just been continuing to build off past experiences. Like you said, with turning the ball over in the first draft, that's what happened against the Steelers in week one. It's what happened against the Browns in week eight. Both of those ended up in losses, and this is not the first time they've come back down from 17. They came back down from 18 in both Chiefs games, so they've used multiple past experiences from their past some wins and some losses to put together this type of game and at some point you have to figure maybe there's going to be a week where they just don't find that magic right sometimes you get down three scores and you end up losing that's usually what happens in most of these games but the fact that the Bengals have had so many similar experiences and the fact that they've used those experiences to build this confidence or at least this coolness that you don't really panic in the face of pressure it's the opposite of what we've seen in past years for Bengals teams and bless this person for enjoying Tony Romo. I don't often enjoy Tony Romo. I, I, I think with Tony Romo as a former quarterback, uh, a quarterback who didn't really, really win anything, I think he won one playoff game. And, you know, this guy was considered a franchise for like 10, 15 years. I think for him, a guy like Brady, it just, it just earns his respect. And he framed the entire game through the success of Brady. It's like, oh, Burrow is going to be a mini Brady here. Oh, Burrow just completed the pass, like Tom Brady. Oh, 
Burrow is winning the game. That's what Tom Brady did. You know, it's like he, he can only understand success through the lens of a Tom Brady. That, that's, that's, that's what I took away from this game. Honestly, I'm, I'm done with him. Like, I, I used to find enjoyment out of him, but it feels like now he latches on to one thing before the game, and this was, oh, Tampa Bay's changing their offense, which, to his credit, they did. They used a lot more motion and play action and whatnot, but he kept playing that same line throughout the game, even when the Bucks were struggling, and he had nothing for the Bengals on the other side of the ball. I have no idea, like, what he was doing. And multiple yeah. times on multiple or multiple plays, he was like, well, they're comparing Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. Burrow's going to need to be like Brady now. Yeah, Burrow, exactly. And I'm like, no, I want Burrow to not play like Tom Brady because Tom I think, Brady look, just lost, helped lose the game no, first No, I mean, team. I think Tom Brady has that coolness, that confidence where we saw Burrow down 17-0 and he didn't come back in a Patrick Mahomes style. It wasn't like these 50-yard passes down the field. It was just a slowly picking away, you know, those those touchdown passes, John. And the and Actually, let me show you one of my favorite plays. I think my favorite play from yesterday because this was basically when the, when the Bengals were coming back. Let's look at this one. And it's third and nine. They're up by three. And it reminded me of the, the, the playoffs where he's just like, I'm just going to make something happen. And he throws to this guy, number 84. Nobody knows who that guy is. I don't even know if Brady knew him. He probably doesn't know his name. Hasn't seen him before. But he's like, this guy's open. I'm going to throw it to him. Right? I mean, what quarterback does that? You know, Tom Brady. Andrew Burrow. Tom Brady can't step up in the pocket that quickly. Exactly. That's, why, That's another yeah. thing. Yeah, he can't move like that. But no, I mean, being able to use the full, you know, these guys that they just pick up out of nowhere. And obviously, I know, thank you, the, the stats people are saying his name is Mitchell Wilcox. And this guy actually caught a touchdown, too. And I, I, love, I love how, again, game, you know, Joe Burrow is, like you said, Bridget, you said very beautifully, he's violently assaulting them by stepping on their necks and suffocating them to remove any remaining life from them because he has no mercy and he does not care about other living beings. These were your words, uh, Courtney. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Bridget. And we have Who's here Courtney? an example. Yeah, who is Courtney? Yeah, that's a good question. You got another HR look. person on the side. <laughs> okay, look, this was, a, this was the play right here, okay? Makes it, throws it. Wilcox has it, touchdown! I mean, that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. We were up by like 45 points. I beg to differ. That's a hometown kid. He played his college ball in that stadium. He grew up mere miles from it. He got his no, first touchdown right there. What I'm saying, I'm saying is Burrow, like Bridget said, is trying to wipe out the, the entire family of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He wants to traumatize them permanently, put them into very expensive therapy for decades to come. These are Bridget's words. And that's what he did there. He's not like, okay, let's just get the field goal. Let's run the clock down. He's like, let's destroy them. And that is a Tom Brady. I mean, the defense didn't play that strongly there either. Which defense? We played well, but I mean, Which when defense? the defense is going to hand defense? you. No, the Their Tampa defense. defense. What like, could they do? I mean, that's a, tight, a not overly experienced tight end, or at least not with a lot of regular gameplay. And yeah, I mean, you, you take the seven in a situation like that with the clock where it is. I, and what, what was it? 
last week, the week before Brady comes back, 14 points in like three minutes. I think you you yeah. got to put that game on ice. As far as destroying families, I think he's exactly like Brady, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. That's exactly what I'm trying to say, yeah. yeah. You know, I want to talk about something here because a lot of people, a lot of people are spreading what I will call false information. They are taking unfair shots at Joe Burrow. And they said he had a bad first half and they said he had this terrible play, very his you know, horrible play. And I just want to show it and I want to talk about it because I, I feel like a lot of times we think someone did something wrong, but it was just miscommunication and that person is just wrong. And so you need to communicate it, right? HR, when, when someone is angry with you, you have to communicate to them why they are in the wrong and then you resolve the miscommunication. And so I want to resolve that right here. Here we go. So you see here, Joe Burrow, look at this. They said, why doesn't he throw the ball away? John, how do you throw the ball away when this guy, who's 450 pounds, he's about to, he's about to hit you? Where is he going to throw it? He's going to throw an interception? He's going to fumble? Look at where, where was he going to throw the ball? So if any other quarterback in the NFL scrambles 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage, you're going to say it wasn't his fault? Um, I have to see the play, John. And if the mm -hmm. person is wearing a Bengals jersey, and if that Bengals jersey, it, it's it the worst sack in NFL. It's the worst sack in NFL history. I don't, I don't care that Burrow didn't have a perfect outlet to throw it away. It's fourth and three, and your job right there is either get the ball out or to not take a huge negative play that gives them a scoring position. He got bailed out by a flag. It's, it's a case he, in point. No, John. Here's my thinking. Joe Burrow is smart. He's a smarter than all of us, including Bridget. And that was a compliment this time. And not only that, John, he saw them holding Jamar Chase. Or whoever he didn't see a flag. He, he did no, not see no, a flag. No, he saw he the flag. He's running the other hold way. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. If he gets intentional grounding, okay, or he forces one of his linemen to hold by staying by the line. He had to, he had to delay. He, this is all the things that are going through his mind in a split second. This is amazing. It's probably the best play of his career, actually. He, he's processing all of this, and he's like, I need to give the refs enough time to really digest the hold, and at the same time, not get my team flagged so that we can have, so it's not offsetting penalties. So we get the first down, because it was fourth down. That's what how I is he? How is he avoiding his team getting the flag there because the longer that play goes, the more likely his own alignment is going to get called for holding. I took away. No, no, that is not the case. John, because you rendered him like I said, John? like I said, John, no, no, my internet was cutting out because mm -hmm. I feel like the propagandist, the anti Joe, they, John, you are siding with people who are making fun of Joe Burrow, just so you know. Okay, let me this move on. This is stupid. Like, on. Uh, hold on. It's been three years, man. We know Burrow is good. He can make mistakes. Amazing. There's no. Are you done? I think he's done. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just sick of this though. Like, I Joe Burrow can be imperfect. We because we already know he's good. This is the last step in recognizing how good of a quarterback that you have. That you can recognize that hey, wait, when he screws up, we know he screws up because he does 95 percent of other things very well. It's, it's when you can't accept the fact that he has some flaws he here can and there. Make mistakes, you know. 
See, his own judgment is preventing him from speaking, it which is, is honestly I've, impressive. I've well, okay. I secretly no, no. called uh, it and said to to lock him out. He was just let me nonsense. just let me just tell you something. A lot of people are like. I want to support the show. Where do I go? Patreon.com slash the agent sports, all that kind of stuff. Very important. And then they're saying, okay, what are you going to do with my money? Okay. And the reality is I am going to actually hire. Yes. I'm going to hire an independent investigator to look into the anti-Boro propaganda out there. And this person is going to research and is going to tell us the truth about Joe Burrow and, and all the criticisms about Joe Burrow. So this is completely objective, non-Bengals fan, completely objective person. Hopefully they'll be on the show next week or sometime soon. All right, John, I want to move on, if that's okay with you. If you're tirade or rant Yeah, I'll blow over. a whistle for you. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, I want to talk about Joseph Osai, okay? Because this guy, I don't know what the number said. I know that our good friend Joe Goodberry shared a... A picture of the chart, John of, of Osai. Basically, he was you know within the quarterback on like I don't know was it within three yards of the quarterback on average or something. Here we go. Here's mm -hmm. the picture, right? So yeah. he was within the three and a half yards, which was the best of anyone on the on the Bengals this game, right? He was and uh, he was getting in there. And he was creating problems, and, and, and he, he basically caused, he forced that interception, right, uh, of Jermaine Pratt. Jermaine Pratt, amazing interception, but let's be honest. I mean, let, let's just watch this. Pre-snap decisions and things that help you. Oh, he got hit when he threw it. That is strength, John. He fought off. I was just counting quickly, so I didn't catch up. But he fought off seven defenders, or offenders, or whatever, and he, he just threw them to the ground. And he hit Brady. And by the way, John, he, for years, when this guy was injured, he was a rookie, we were talking about his sack of Brady in the preseason. And I remember, like, who was it? The, the other BJ Hill or whatever, making fun of him. Like, oh, it's a preseason, it doesn't count. He comes into this game, and he's hitting Brady all over again. It's beautiful. It's actually poetic. He does, yeah. he does his best on that field. And you're right, though. Like, when he was fighting the first six offenders in your in your case he wasn't touching anyone and that seventh and final one right there like, yeah the offenders like, usually touch people go ahead yeah, they, they they picked it up pretty well and he just yeah. hit him with a nice swim move and just disengaged so really impressive movement by him yeah john i have a question for you since we're sorry daddy to kind of take us a little bit more meta than just joseph osai is we want, like, first of all, we know Lou Anarumo is an assassin. He does some weird wizardry at halftime and makes this defense just unstoppable. But as we saw, we saw Trey Flowers get an interception. We saw Jermaine Pratt get an interception. We saw maybe DJ Reader, maybe Logan Wilson. It looked like DJ knocked the ball out for a fumble. We have a just incredible defensive lineup right now like 11 dudes who are killing it or i mean you got a woozier who's out but who are we at risk of losing next year i know this is all speculation but as we think about how we're realistically going to be paying people over the next couple of years who do you think we might be at risk of losing just due to contracts and money Bates and Pratt off the bat, like they're both free agents, and I don't think Bates is coming back. 
I could see an Abby where Pratt comes back, but I don't think they're going to spend on two linebackers, and I think they want to re-sign Wilson because they have one more year of him so they can negotiate with that. They don't think they were ever negotiating with Pratt this offseason. I think they're probably going to bring back Von Bell, and everyone else I think for now is going to come back, at least in like the front seven in that, in that cornerback. Eli Apple's a free agent. He just could be brought back for the same contract or whatever, but... Honestly, like you said, 11 players, but right now they're going through like 20 because of how many mm-hmm. injuries they have. And I think Zach Taylor said it best in the post game. He's looking, if he's looking for a weakness in like a weak spot, he hasn't found it yet. And there are guys like Dax Hill, Alan George, who are playing significant snaps, Jeff Gunter, J2 Faley. Like they were emptying out the depth chart in this game. And yeah, the first half wasn't pretty, but they were put into bad situations. The offense was consistently not helping them out and giving the ball back to Tampa Bay consistently. So they had a really good game against an offense that was finding its rhythm, and they were doing it without a handful of their starters. So these next couple of weeks, when they face a great running game in the Patriots, Josh Allen, the moose at quarterback, and then maybe a, a healthy Lamar Jackson, like they're really going to be put to the test. Like All this depth, without potentially their two starting defensive ends in Hendrickson and Hubbard, it's going to be really interesting. Hmm. John, I mean, I remember when the Bengals had A.J. Green, okay, they had Gina Atkins, they had, you know, Carlos Dunlap, and then they had, um, they had, you know, I mean, Vontez Perfect was, you know, top 10, 15 linebacker, and then they paid Andy Dalton like a borderline franchise quarterback, right? So, I mean, I mean, the cap is a lot higher now. I, I'm, I mean, I feel like, do you remember all those players john they that liked being in cincinnati they also understood what that entailed and so they took team-friendly deals and they and they were able to fit those under the cap i mean look joe mixon comes off the books year after next basically the bulk of his money right so that's another like 12 million or something a year i don't know is it the year after next or is it next year well i think next year is the final year where he gets a lot of money i don't know if he has john well, yeah, like I understand your logic, but they have a ton of book contracts on the books now. Like they're still paying Hendrickson, they're still paying Reader, they're still paying Boyd for the time being, they're still paying B.J. Hill, they're still paying Chidabe Wuzia, they're still paying Sam Hubbard, they're about to pay Jamar Chase, they're about to pay Joe Burrow, and those contracts are not going to be team friendly at all. They're still paying Alex Kappa, they're still paying Jonah Williams, they're still paying Mike Hilton, they're still paying Ted Karras, they're still paying Lyle Collins. There's a lot of guys that they're paying right now. So yeah, that's yeah, true. Like, but okay, but hold on. But with Hendrickson and Reader, right, and maybe even Hubbard, I think. Those guys, they're going to be done with their first two years, right? So, I mean, that, that big money, no? I mean, and then, and then I'm trying to think, Wuzia, we paid like a, like a borderline a starter. I think it's like $7 million a year. I'm just saying, like, the cap has increased, but, like, it's not like they're not paying anybody right now. And, like, no, 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 but I mean, like, like, how much does a linebacker make? You know, like a $10 million a year? Like, what's it, the more? I mean, like I think Pratt's gonna make more than yeah. Why? why I mean, we, we got plenty of time in the. I love Pratt. I mean, Pratt, it Pratt was my was fault. So good. Yeah, but Pratt was has been making some plays. This guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, He's gonna get paid by another well, team. We, I want him. I like. I like <laughs> people that make plays. Well, then you may be interested in my kidney selling operation, where we sell kidneys to keep the Bengals. Well, that's interesting that because there's a much easier way than that, and it's called Patreon.com. And if you support this show. If you if we get to ten million dollars a month, I promise you, there's a chance that some of that goes to paying for the Bengals players. So, look, John, I want to move on. You've taken us way off track, but it's okay. I, it was my fault. Yeah, I'll I'll do the G uh, the geo. It was me. It was my look, fault. My bad. Look, I don't want to Bengals talk about go that. from 
from playing Tom Brady to playing the guy who, whose legacy Tom Brady built in Bill Belichick. And John, Belichick has, he hasn't had a good season, but he hasn't really had the stability at quarterback that he had before. I don't know if he wanted Mac Jones. I don't know who wanted Mac Jones. I don't know if they were trying to order something from McDonald's and then they were in the middle. It was the draft and someone caused. I don't know what happened, how they ended up with Mac Jones at the number 10th pick, but they did. And then they had this other little guy who they were starting over him, and now they're back to Mac Jones, and they, and they have just a sloppy, bad, poor offense. And they have that, that who is it? They have that, that guy from the Lions, who's, I don't know, he's supposed to be a defensive guy. He's supposedly a rocket scientist, and then he's a defensive guy. He becomes a head coach. He comes back, and he's an offensive guy. I don't know what's going on there. He's not an offensive guy. He's portraying as an offensive guy. And that's he's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Why would the Patriots, of all people, bring this? Well, Patricia, that's his name. It's a weird name for a guy. But they bring this guy, and, and he's their offensive coordinator. The offense is a mess, you know. But I want to ask you this, John. Is the defense still a Belichick-type defense? I mean, it's one of the best defenses in the league. And okay. Mac Jones does look like, um, excuse me, McCorkle Jones, that's his legal name, does look like the manager at, at a McDonald's, and he's playing one right now too. He's got seven touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's got 15 good throws and 12 bad throws on the year, according to Pro Football Focus. He's just not threatening at all at the quarterback spot. They don't really have that many great receivers. Their offensive line is still okay, but it's just not a threatening offense outside of the run game. Now, defensively, though, this is where I see the Bengals having issues because Lel Collins, unfortunately, is just not very good. And I think this is just the reality that they have to deal with for the remainder mm-hmm. of this year. He just finds himself on the ground too many times. And he's got Matt Judon to face this week. And Judon leads the league in sacks. Josh Uche also rotates with him on the other side. He's really coming into his own at year three. The Bengals don't do well going up against top-tier edge rushers. And the Patriots right now have two. And that really scares me to be with you. What about, John, let me ask you this, the mind games, okay? What about the mind games? Because, you know, you have Belichick who, historically, he always did really well against young QBs. Rookie QBs, but other young QBs, right? Because if they haven't seen a Belichick defense, they were just, he, he catches them off guard. Is that possible with the Burrow? Yeah, I think the Bucks kind of off guard this game. Uh, that that's happens sometimes. Like you can go into a game studying film based off of what teams are doing recently, and then they change it up. Like, and also just sometimes your offenses can become too predictable in some sense. Like that's what happened with the tip pass interception. Uh, it was a safety Keanu Neal coming back down downhill to, towards the second level recognizing he clearly watched his film and recognized what the play call was in the, at the beginning and then got into that passing lane and just stuck his hands up. So Zach Taylor dismissed it as like, oh, I mean, it wasn't the same as like a bad ball down the line of scrimmage. No, but it was a guy recognizing what the play was because you run that play like five, ten times a game. So if you go into this game without making with the proper adjustments based off of what happened last week, then yeah, I think Belichick's still smart enough to snuff out your offense. Let me ask you something, John. When you say, here's, here's the feeling I get watching the Bengals post Jamar Chase injury. Okay? I feel like it's a it's a it's a bit of a vanilla offense in in one sense, but it's relying on uh, Joe Burrow basically, let's say, finding basically taking advantage of whatever is there. So it's like, right? I mean, lots of lots of kind of shorter 
crossing routes, about to little dig routes, about little quick outs, that kind of stuff. And it's just Joe Burrow. Oh, Mitchell Wilcox, first reception of his career. Chris Evans, first reception. You know, it's like just like, oh, you know, just parceling out the, 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 the ball as he sees fit, which that in of itself makes it a dynamic offense. Like if you have four receivers and you're doing the same play, but you don't know which receiver I'm going to go to, I'm just, this is based off Madden experience. <laughs> if I'm doing the same play over and over again, but I'm not using the same receiver every time, there's still a chance it can work. Is that kind of what we're seeing? Every week, man, you just throw these curveballs at me. I just don't know how to respond. What okay. other are you the, talking about? Okay. What I'm saying is you're saying the offense is predictable. The plays are predictable. I'm saying it's, it's still working, and we're still seeing all it's these It's working because talent is talent. And, like, they have that's, Jamar that's Chase, T. Higgins, yeah. and Tyler Boyd. No, but even, I, without, even when those guys were out last week, they were out. I mean, and he still made it work. Yeah, but because if one receiver's out there, that's still better than the other guy's receiver or the other guy's cornerback. At, at its okay, core, yeah. this offense is still slant flats. It's still whenever you see yeah. one-on-one on the outside, take advantage of that. It, it's yeah. They're still they're starting to remix some wide zone back into their system. They're starting to remix some under center play action, which has to be done. Like They completely took that out of the playbook because it wasn't working, and then they were only doing stuff out of shotgun, and then defenses started to take note of that, and you saw, again, like what happened in this game when they were going out of the shotgun. So they're starting to become more dynamic, more well-rounded, but it's still taking time. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something about the tip passes, okay? A lot of people are saying, hey, why doesn't he pump fake? Why does he do the shoulder you know, shimmy, whatever, shoulder shake or whatever, right? Get them, get, you know, get the defense to, to kind of hesitate. Pump fake off an RPO, man. It's a timing route. He's, got to, he's open right there. That's why you throw it. But if defenses recognize it, then you're shit out of luck. But what if you okay. shimmy your shoulder? Yeah, John. <laughs> Did you, have you tried it? You haven't even tried it. And you're saying, speaking if of... If not tries it, he gets sacked. <laughs> okay. Okay, John. Let me, let me just, I want to point out some, we have some important news here. There's a man here, Chris, whose last name is, his middle name is Aka, his last name is Porkchop. And this man has access to kidneys, is what I've gathered, okay? He first was talking about he'll, he'll give a kidney. And I was like, oh, kidney, why would you give your own kidney? And then he says his wife has free access to kidneys. And he works in pork shops. I'm, I'm guessing it's a butcher family. I'm guessing they have a lot of kidneys. I don't think that those kidneys, though, are going to be able to pay for the salary of Jermaine Pratt. But we do appreciate, we do appreciate the dedication on the show. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised what some kidney uh, stock would do, but continue. Yeah. Well, I think we have covered, me and John, very analytically, we've covered the, the Patriots' schemes and their strategies. And I really can't think of anything else to talk about. I can. Okay. What the hell is up with the Tampa Bay opposing team locker room ceiling? Was it imploding? Is it full of asbestos? Did anyone watch that locker room celly and think what kind of bunker do they put the other team in? No? I mean, it's, it looks crazy. Bunker. I've never seen anything like that. This it looked well, like it didn't see... have a ceiling. Well, I, I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> I feel like this is going to get me a, an HR violation, but you should see DNH Sports headquarters. You do not, if you think you've never seen anything like that. Ask John. Well, that's true. All right. Well, 
that, I guess, John, I think that's really all I have. Unless you have any more questions for me. We have to do our predictions. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, Bridget. I am going to go. So we're going to New England. It's going to be chilly, right? It's Christmas Skyline. Eve. Um, I'm really hoping, first and foremost, I get to see Joe Burrow wear a Santa hat again, just like John is doing. That was really joyful last year. So we are going to beat the Patriots, and we're going to beat them 24-17. I like that. Okay, and player of the game. Hmm... It's going to be a defensive player. That's the streak we're going on. Um, If Hilton's back, I'm going Mike Hilton. You said he'd be back, apparently in the locker room. Him and CTB, so they they need him because he's so important in defending the run. And, you know, shout out to Dax Hill. I feel like his best plays were made kind of coming downhill and being the first player. Yeah, yeah. So, John, what what happened to CTB? Is he? They said he broke his collarbone, but now he's going to keep playing. I I didn't hear anything personally. Okay. Um, the Twitter he, he, doctors were saying. Yeah. 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 Because you subscribe to them. Um, my prediction in this game is going to be not very good, not very pleasant to watch for a Christmas Eve showing because the Patriots are bad and they're coming off of a humiliating loss in the worst possible way. I've never seen anything like that. When they threw across the field to try to lateral back to their quarterback, and then he gets stiff-armed into the face of the Las Vegas dirt. So Belichick is mad. The Patriots are just deflated, and I don't think they're going to be very good in this game. And I think the Bengals are riding a high off of a six-game win streak. But unfortunately, they have two really good edge rushers to face, and that's going to limit their offense a little bit. But I, I think they'll overcome it. I think the Bengals will be fine. So I'm going to say Bengals... 16 Patriots, 19 player of the game, DJ Reader. Yeah, John, about that lateral play, here's my question, okay? It was a tight game. Normally, you do that when you're behind, right? And you don't have enough room to get the Hail Mary, and you can't get a field goal, you have three seconds left, you're like, whatever. So we give up another defensive touchdown, who cares, right? That's when you do that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, so the issue wasn't that they lateraled it so far to the quarterback because when you draw that play up, anything goes. So in my opinion, the issue is with the, the coach calling that instead of going for overtime, right? I mean, why would you call that? Why would you give your players that permission? Yes and no. Like, I, I agree with where you're coming from, but I don't think there's ever, like, a, like even in an anything-goes situation, like, Mac Jones is open because he's Mac Jones, you know? So like, but that's yeah. my, my point. Like, how do you expect the receiver or running back to be like, oh, okay, I lateral to? Oh, there's no, there's no organization. They're players. What do you want them to do in the heat of the moment? Like, that's a hundred percent on the coaching. That sure, like there coaching. should have been a reinforcement that yeah, this doesn't work out. Just they shouldn't have done it. You yeah, don't just exactly. let the guy. The guy got to the mid middle of the field. It was good up until there. The running back, and then just goes down to go to overtime. You know, I mean. But anyways, I, I, you know what? I'll tell you something, John. I know that Brady's upset. I don't know if the players, I don't know. I feel like Brady, you know, not Brady, Bilicek. He's like, he's like 70 years old now. You know, he's very, he was always grumpy. He was grumpy when he was like 15. And you know what I mean? And so like, I don't, I don't know if he's connecting with players the way he used to. I don't Probably know. Probably not. 
Yeah. No. I don't th- I, my point is, yeah. But anyways, I'm just hoping that this that works at the advantage of the Bengals, that they, they're just kind of, you know, deflated, no pun intended, by that mm-hmm. loss and not motivated to, to make up for it. But look, the reality is this. The Bengals have won six in a row. And up until the last couple of weeks, they were won a score games, I think. Right, John? I mean, they were pretty close for the most part. And we're missing a ton of guys. We're missing a ton of guys. I mean, Hendrickson out a few weeks. Hubbard out to the end of the season. I think Hilton, you said, might be back. Missing a ton of guys. And we were down to Alan George, right? I think, John, we were out to Alan George, which um, is, is, I mean, I remember there's a a very famous comedian who smoked the cigars and, you know, but that was a long time ago. I think this is a different Alan George. Or that was George Allen, actually. But the point is, nobody knows who these guys are, John. So I think, you know, and a guy like Belichick knows how to take advantage of that. Look, Mac Jones had a good start to his career. Patriots have had a good running game in recent years sometimes. I think this could be the game, John. I think this is the game that the Bengals take a step back. I think this is the game that they take a step back. Yeah. And final score, I'm going to go I'm going to go 31 to 13 Cincinnati. You just That's can't help yourself from just spewing nonsense. What are you talking about now? You don't understand the English language or maybe I don't. Please explain this to me. Define step okay. back. So, okay, okay. When you have, have created a masterful, you, you've achieved something, you've accomplished something beautiful and grand, like you built the, the Taj Mahal, okay, or you built the pyramids, what do you do? You always take a step back and you appreciate your, your accomplishment, right? You just take a moment to really take it all in, be in the moment, and just appreciate your own greatness. And I think after winning seven games in a row, they will do that. But they're going to be back and motivated to keep going ahead of the playoffs. They're not going to let it. They're not going to get carried away. They're just going to take a little bit of a step back. Just one step, maybe two. No, a few steps because it's a big building of a football. You know, great. Okay, but they, they can still like look. You know, they can hinge their neck a little bit. They can, it's not the same. It's not the same. Know? No, because you no, you want the panoramic, panoramic right? Mm-hmm. You want the whole thing. Yeah. Panama, yeah. Yeah. All right, Bridget. Um, really, welcome back to the show. By the way, glad to have you back. And, glad to uh, be back. Yeah. And if you don't have any more questions for me, Bridget or John, then I should say. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Leave a comment. Turn on notifications. Follow John and Bridget on Twitter. Check out John's articles on cincyjungle.com. And we'll see you next time. And so donate long. your kidneys. Yeah, do what, what? I mean, sell your the, kidneys. Sorry, sell yeah. your kidneys. Donate sell plasma. Kidneys. Donate blood. Uh, eyeballs. Tongues. Ears. Calves. Ankles. See you next time. So long. It's sweet to Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.